Hi, everyone, and welcome to uh, the next edition of INV Unfiltered, the podcast on what's new and intriguing in fintech and beyond. This podcast from INV Fintech, which is the global fintech accelerator run in partnership with Fiserv, the global banking technology company, and eight banks, features uh, today Fazira Lee, who is the senior vice president of digital strategy and innovation at KeyBank. I'm JJ Hornblast, your host, and uh, the principal of INV FinTech. If you want to learn more about the accelerator, please visit us at invfintech.com. As always, episodes will be posted at invunfiltered.com, and I, of course, would love to hear from you at hornblast at invglobal.co. Our goal here at INV Unfiltered is to welcome enlightened and thought-provoking guests from across the tech and financial world to talk out key fintech issues and opportunities, and certainly Fazir is a great guest for that. Um, as the SVP of Digital Strategy and Innovation at KeyBank, uh, he is um, a key player in uh, the super regionals, uh, digital operations, and strategic decision-making. Uh, KeyBank has $137 billion of assets today and nearly 19,000 employees. Um, he has been um, at uh, the bank for around four years and spent a good amount of time at J.P. Morgan Chase before then, and it's a really great pleasure to introduce my friend uh, Fazir to this episode. Welcome, Fazir. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so do you want to – I gave a, a br- bit of a brief intro on, on your role over at Key. Do you want to kind of elaborate on it and tell us what you're, what you're focused on these days? Sure, definitely. So I have overall mobile ownership um, here at KeyBank for, for our consumer clients. Um, very fun, awesome. I also own Emerging Payments, which from my vantage point, they have emerged. So that's your, your mobile wallet, <laughs> Samsung Pay, Android Pay, um, Apple Pay, and we have a key-branded wallet also um, focused on innovation. Um, we try to, as much as we possibly can, to um, change the culture here at Key, to focus on innovation, think through various different challenges, um, look at processes. Um, sometimes I consider that my nighttime and weekend job. Um, <laughs> and then also from a strategic perspective with digital in mind, helping some of our other lines of businesses think through how digital can help them move the needle. Um, but that strategy has to align with their business strategy. Um, it's kind of the approach we take and I'm focused also in the mortgage. Um, so the mortgage line of business and the lending line of business at the moment. So when you came over to Key, so you, you joined, uh, as far as I know, uh, this is October 2013. Am I getting that right, Fazir? Yep, you got it. So when you joined Key, what was digi- what did digital look like there? Um, what did digital strategy look like there? Uh, so digital was very limited in terms of the strategy itself. It was deemed the the most strategic initiative in 2013 
um, when I got here. So there was the hard, heavy lifting was done from my vantage point in terms of getting the investment. Um, there was tons of stakeholder support. Key executives knew that in order for us to be very successful and achieve our, our goal of being the best super regional bank, um, we had to play in the space. So um, when I came to, to key owning mobile overall, um, just ensuring that we had a strategy, we had a roadmap, um, I assessed the environment where we were um, at that point in time relative to where the competitors are in the space, what was going on in terms of the non-competitors, so the digital giants, if you will, at this time, you know, Facebook, as they still do, Amazon, et cetera, are shaping consumer experiences. So it was really up to us to really figure out and um, explicitly say to the organization that we wanted um, to, to meet consumer at those uh, digital experiences that make sense to them and provide an experience that is simple in nature, provides value uh, to us and to our clients. And, and that's kind of what we did as a part of um, our, our journey over the last, I would say, close to four years. And we went live with our new experiences in August of last year. So multi-year journey, lots of learnings, um, lots of, I would say, puts and takes, if you will, had to make a lot of uh, tough decisions along the way. And then also um, KeyBank decided to per, uh, purchase First Niagara, and we did a bank conversion at the same time, the largest uh, post-financial financial crisis. What, give, give us a, what, what's an example of one of those tough decisions that you had to make? Man, uh, there, there, there were quite a few. I, I think we had to um, make some decisions in terms of, specifically I can point to PFM, right? So uh, PFM is something that we had in our old online banking platform. Um, we didn't have a lot of users, so we had to take a hard look at the data um, to really examine and see, hey, are clients really using this? How frequently are they using? And say, is this something that we want to move move over into the new platform and how do we prioritize it? So really using data to our advantage. Now there, there is always going to be clients that, um, for lack of better words, kick and scream about losing a particular functionality. But when we looked at the data um, for what we could do with not, you know, the, looking at the puts and takes, when we, when we looked at it, not doing PFM meant that we did something higher order on the list in terms of that was going to give us more business value and more client value. So, so that was kind of a, a hard decision for us. We did make that decision. We don't have um, – we have some degree of PFM today on the new platform, um, but not as in-depth, if you will, that we had previously. You think you might go back to it? I think so. Um, one of our um, strategic drivers is financial wellness. Financial wellness is very important to us um, in terms of a fintech partnership. We did one with a company by the name of Hello Wallet, and um, financial wellness is a core part of the strategy with that partnership where um, they give you insights into how you're spending. Um, it takes some aggregation. There is an element of PFM to uh, financial wellness, and that's where we're looking at continuing to grow that experience that is um, 
and here comes the buzzword, omni-channel in nature. So you experience financial wellness um, in, you know, in the branch. You'll see it on our ATM um, interaction, and then we bring it to life digitally. So I know you, you're, you're, you're on an Oracle platform. Um, yep. You may want to – maybe you'll tell us a little bit about that for a moment. But beyond that, I know there's some extensibility to it and allowing for the exposing of, of APIs. Yeah. Um, how, you know, first tell us about the platform a little bit, but then also just like utility or usage on the API side. How many are you getting the call volume that you had expected? Uh, you know, how's that kind of plan, panned out over the last several months? Sure, and, and I'm probably speaking for some of my um, phenomenal technology partners here, um, but, but we, we did a thorough evaluation of the landscape, um, looked at various different core providers, you know, in early 2014, went on multiple roadshows, um, brought numerous um, vendors in-house through RFPs, and, and we looked at the landscape, and what we wanted to do was ensure that we are on a platform that was flexible, um, another buzzword here is future-proof it to some degree um, because we knew that the type of investment that we had, we had to be very diligent um, and very deliberate about how we sp spent those funds. Um, you know, we're not like a Chase that has, you know, billions of dollars to spend on digital. So we had to ensure that we made the right decision based on the funds that we have. Um, so the Oracle platform made the most sense to us. Um, my technology partners went out to Australia, had conversations with um, the leaders um, there at a few banks who were using the platform. And, um, and, and you know, in terms of bringing Oracle in-house, um, phenomenal partnership there. Um, the technology has been great for us. Um, we have not seen any issues. Um, there is a huge scalability. And one example of that is, you know, bringing on, um, you know, a million-plus clients from First Niagara. As soon as we stood the platform up, we, you know, three months later, in October, we did the big bank conversion of First Niagara clients to Key Bank. And then to address your question around APIs, um, we feel that um, we, we do have some APIs exposed, not every single one of them. Um, However, that is a journey that we're on in terms of being uh, more extensive in, in, in terms of our open banking platform, which is, is a goal um, on the technology side of the house. We feel that now we are more capable of integrating um, easily with anyone. Um, so what that means is if there is another fintech company that we would like to partner with, we can do that uh, relatively easy. We come from a world where we were highly waterfall. It took us, you know, uh, six months, nine months, maybe a year to get a a simple, um, you know, a simple new capability or functionality out the door. And uh, just because it was so complicated to do things from a technology perspective, um, which was sometimes very frustrating on the business side. Now we release updates to our online banking experience, our mobile experience, on a monthly basis where, you know, we're, we're following an agile methodology. So through the digital transformation, we not only changed how we um, 
you know, our, our experiences, but we also almost changed the culture here at Key to accept Agile, um, the methodology that it is, what it stands for. Um, we're still getting people up to speed on, you know, understanding what an MVP is and releasing the minimum viable product as it aligns to um, value the gains that we get from experience, improving the client satisfaction, et cetera. So how do you see the kind of the API journey evolving over the next few years? I mean, what, what, you've got to set a goal for, for yourself uh, or for the bank um, on that front. I mean, would you like to see, I don't know, 10 integrations or something over the next 24 months? Or what, what, is there some metric that you, you kind of have a, in mind that you would say, you know, that, that we've, really, we've really kind of opened appropriately or it's, it's kind of it's on, a, on the right trajectory? Yeah, I think that um, I'm, I'm probably not the right person to answer the question, but, but I'll take a stab at it, right? I think that we, at least myself on the business side, what we're trying to solve for is the um, building these great experiences for our clients that align to the business strategy. Now, if I find you know, uh, and I'm making it up three fintech startups or, or five or ten, whatever, whatever whatever you, you, you think is appropriate, whatever we think is appropriate, and they make sense and they fit into solving a business problem, then we will make the case, we will we'll figure out how to get them and get them in key, um, do a partnership with them, and then figure out, okay, how do we then do an integration? Um, what we don't have, and I think there is a desire to have some kind of uh, developer portal, if you will, um, something that Chase is, is doing and other banks are doing pretty heavily is having a developer portal, portal where you can access the APIs and um, some of these really smart developers and startups that are way smarter than me can figure out how do they integrate with our set of APIs to solve, to solve something. We're not quite there yet. I think, you know, when I, when I have this discussion with, with our partners, um, it's probably, you know, another year or two out. Um, but we are solely focused on driving the experience, solving business problems. And if there is um, a startup that we come across or one of my business partners come across, we will do a thorough evaluation and make the case to, um, to bring them in-house. Have you seen any startups you really like or even other features at other FIs oh, that man. you really like recently? <laughs> so there, there, there are so many. Um, there, there are so many examples. Um, the, the, the one that's fascinating to me, which um, I, I try to be a user um, mm -hmm. of, as, much as, uh, as much as possible, um, really fascinated by Digit. Um, they're doing some really cool things. Acorn, um, they've been around uh, a few years. Um, I'm an active user of Robinhood. Love what they're doing. Saw that they're recently um, valued at $1.3 billion, which is phenomenal for those guys. Um, really simple, elegant user experience, grabbing, you know, grabbing a demographic, um, and, and I'm not too sure what the demographic numbers, but I only can assume that it's, um, it's your millennial generation that are actively so engaged in, in, in the simple way of purchasing um, a stock, and, and it's free, right? So, so being a millennial, um, I love free. 
and <laughs> and that's one of the things that um, gravitates. Other people, but other generations love free to free. Yeah, Trust yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> very very true. Um, but, but, then, but then when I started thinking about it, right there there's um, there there's so many great companies out there. I, I feel like sometimes I'm challenged with um, keeping all of them straight. Um, there's there's so many things that um, are, are going out in the going on out there in the environment. So much disruption, and one of the ways that I try to do that shameless plug here um, is, is is staying staying on top of it through Twitter. Right? There's so many great um, influencers out there on Twitter that track a lot of this stuff, and that is kind of how I get a lot of my information on what's really going on in the industry. Um, and, and, and I usually try to bring that back to the team here because um, sometimes it's, it's kind of hard to, to get that. And, and one of the things that we try to do also is we, um, we do what we call FinTech Days, uh, and we weren't able to do one last, last year, um, but FinTech Days are where um, we're trying to solve one or two problems. We define what those are. We go out there, we do some research, um, and figure out who are the fintech companies that will help, potentially could help us solve for those, and we invite them to come here to Key, and they pitch us, essentially. Um, so it's a, it's a rigorous um, way that we have of um, exposing our executives and leaders um, to some of these um, fintech companies, and um, that's, that's how we made a decision on um, Hello Wallet. The roadmap going ahead. I mean, you've got to have a wish list, right? That you're uh, you're advocating for um, yeah. at Key. So, you know, what are a, a couple of things that you really would love to see Key um, get in on over the next, I don't know, you know, 12 months, something like that? Yeah. Um, so I try not to. I am an idea guy. I try not to get distracted with the um, shiny objects, but it's um, the shiny objects are always fun. Um, I love thinking about that stuff, but you know my team is very focused, and we try to be very deliberate on um, creating business value, executing against our roadmap, partnering very closely with technology, um, with legal compliance, um, except and risk, etc. Um, so you know, I have to put that plug in there that we're delivering, um, we're delivering, delivering great experiences and business value. But but when I think about the wish list for myself and my team, um, we need to we're continuing to make a case for biometrics. Um, we need to we need to ensure that we give other um, give our clients other ways of authentication. Um, focus on Internet of Things. Um, it, it, it is, it's, it's a huge imperative. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can solve for. Um, the, e the easy one, right, and the, the simplest use case that rolls off the tongue is, hey, Alexa, pay my bill. Um, but what are the other ones? So, so understanding the use case, taking a hard look at payments, where's, where's payments going, the implications of real-time payments, um, P2P, Etc. Um, there's a there's a movement that's happening in the payment space with um, Clear Exchange slash rebranded themselves uh, Zelle. Um, what are the implications that they're having to the payments ecosystem at the moment? Um, with as they try to displace the Venmos and PayPal's and Square Cashes of the world. Um, so ensuring and to be honest, we don't have a P2P solution 
at the moment for our clients, um, but we are. Um, it is. It is not. It is. It is not a wish list item. It is something that we are going to do, and we're going to move on. Um, and, and then I think um, the APIs. You brought it up, right? Is what are we comfortable with exposing? Do we have a developer portal? Um, and, and understanding the puts and takes there, um, you have to have a team of resources and, and kind of the the executive buy-in that that's the right thing to do and ensuring that we um, understand what that framework is. We don't necessarily have a framework for that yet. We do have the capability, but there needs to be a focus point on um, what that needs to be, and I think that's over the next um, year, year and a half, we'll get there. Sounds good, Fazir. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Got it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this episode of INV Unfiltered. We'll see you next time, and uh, don't forget, until next time, keep innovating and keep it unfiltered.